Send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry. So they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Hold on a sec. You mean to tell me that this God that is supposed to be all loving hates? He hates? This this just sounds like controversial, right? How is it that God can both love and hate perfectly? Well, the answer to that is simple. Because he is God. God can hate without sinful intent. See, it's us that have the the wrong intentions. He can hate the sinner in a perfectly holy way and still lovingly forgive the sinner at the moment of repentance and faith. Hey, we're going to deep dive into, wait a minute, God hates? So stay tuned and we'll be back right after this. Hey, welcome to the Graceful Warriors Podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then, warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Graceful Warrior podcast. What do you mean God hates? I remember the first time I heard that. And you're like, well, that's not an all-loving God. What are you, are you crazy? How can this God that supposedly loves us actually hate? Have you ever heard any of those type of statements? 
Well, if you have, you've got to be a believer in Christ. Amen. To hear those type of things coming from the world that's out there everywhere. You know, oh, God is love and, and we should just love everybody. And, you know, love comes in all forms. No, it doesn't. God is love, and it's the most perfect and holy and true meaning of the word love. God is love, and that's it. But that's where a lot of believers, I think they get it so like confused. You're like, God is love. And so what are you telling me that he hates? That's like too too confusing to even grasp. But it does, the word of God speaks of God's hatred. And the object of his hatred is sin and wickedness. You know, as we look out and watch what's going on in the world today with the transgender crapola and all of the the crime that's going on in the streets, it really it, God must hate all this so much, like us. But it's amazing how God has such a patient heart. And he's more patient than we can ever be. I mean, God takes patience to the extreme. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, how long did he wait for you? If you got saved later in life, how long did it take you before you got saved? Like for me, I grew up in church. For those that know my past, I grew up in, in church. I ran from the Lord when I after I graduated high school. I went into the military, have some college background, and I didn't come to the Lord until 50 cent age approached, <laughs> you know, until I reached the age of 50. I did not come to the Lord. So talk about extreme patience. And then, I mean, you look at it all through, and I know I'm going on a, a, off the deep end here because our subject is about what God hates. But would you think about God's patience for a moment? You look back, look at everything that he prophesied in the word of God, and he's waiting until every prophecy comes true. And here we are in the 20th century, and you're like, we he is still waiting for prophecy that is some extreme patience or the patience that he waits for us to get to a point of realization that he is our only one to trust and to live for and to love and to even die for i mean to me that's a that's a episode in itself it's to talk about god's extreme patience but we'll save that for another day. How about that? <laughs> well, if you guys are up and going, good Lord, we are in the month of December. Can you believe this? It seems like it's going fast, but yet it's not going fast enough. And already it's like snow hit for us in December. We're in Idaho and it just hit Idaho the first part of this month. And that's unusual for us because we usually get our snow either like right at Halloween or right around 
Thanksgiving, a few days before Thanksgiving is when we actually get snow on the ground. So for us to get it in December, you're like, this is interesting. The Lord is is moving and the Lord, I, I just see so much in it. And it's amazing to see the hand of God working in the seasons. And so, all right. So I hope you guys enjoyed the book that um, we sat down and we went through was Girls with Swords. And we went through that. We skipped a few chapters right towards the end because I really felt like the Lord was was taking me to other subjects that are not in that book. And this just happens to be one of them. And I'm not kidding. I am a week ahead in recording podcasts. And when I did this about does God hate, I really had to think about it. And I was like, okay, it's kind of confusing, Lord. And I need to think about this one a little bit because we all hear God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. But in this deep dive, man, I found some other things. So I'm here to talk to you guys about them, what I found out. And I would love to hear your opinion on these and or, you know, what you didn't like, what you found in the word, you know, and if you're following me, on Spotify, you could put your comments down. I actually throw comments in for every episode in Spotify to kind of interact with you guys. So if you're listening in on Spotify, you could go ahead and check those little Q&As after each episode and answer those questions or even put your own thoughts in. You know, I'd love to read them and hear what you guys are saying out there. And if you're following me on my own Captivate webpage at thegracefulwarrior.captivate.fm, there is a tab in there for voicemail. You can click on that tab and you can leave me a voicemail of what you think of any episode. And I'd love to get your thoughts on those and I'll reply back to you in the same manner. All right. So God hates. And when I looked at this, I was like, okay, what does the word of God say about God's hatred? And we all know, I mean, it's kind of like common knowledge in the Christian world and that the object of his hatred is obviously sin and wickedness, right? But as I looked it up and dived deeper or dove deeper, however you want to say it, among the things that, that God hates, we know are found in Deuteronomy. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31, and even chapter 16, verse 22, God went into some deep stuff. I mean, he talked about child sacrifice, sexual perversion. He goes into Leviticus chapter 20 about all, all the judging and everything. And he even hates those who do evil. And you're like, well, Monica, that. Well, we're not there because we love the Lord and we've given our heart to the Lord. Oh, but hang on, guys. We are just getting into this. Let's hold the the self, what do you call it? We're we're judging our hearts. We're we're sitting there going, okay, that's not me, so I'm good. Hold on to that for a minute. We're gonna take a look at Proverbs chapter six and verse sixteen. 
And it's three scriptures, goes from 16 to 19. For those of you know, this is where the list is that says seven things the Lord hates. What does he say? Six the Lord hates, seven he absolutely hates, right? And it talks in there about the Lord hates pride, lying, murder, evil plots, those who love evil, false witnesses, troublemakers. And as I was reading that, I noticed this. Notice that in those things, that all of those verses don't include just things that God hates. It actually includes people. No, if Go back and you look at the, these verses again in Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19. He says that he hates false witnesses. He hates troublemakers. He hates those who love evil, pride, lying. You can't have those without an individual doing them, right? And so I was like, okay, all right, this is getting kind of deep. The reason is simple. This is what I've come to, is that sin cannot be separated from the sinner. It cannot just be like, just sin out there without it being applied to the individual because that's Satan and the demonic spirit's ultimate goal to get you to do those things. They are the embodiment of lust and pride and envy. They are that, they are that spirit. So they get us to do is do it. That's why, that's why God hates the, the devil. That's why God hates the demonic. They are the embodiment of that. So if sin cannot be separated from the sinner except by us going and asking for forgiveness, repenting, which means to turn around and focus our eyes on God. We did that study that we find that, yes, God hates lying, but lying always involves the person, right? The liar who chooses to lie. See, and when you think about it, how can God judge the lie without also judging the liar? So he hates the lies. He hates the people who choose to do it. You, know, you have people, I've heard of people, they go, well, they're a habitual liar. They don't even know. And I think that that is like, that is so and just a let go and to let the lie take over. It, it really is. Somebody is truly either possessed by that lying spirit or as a Christian, they're oppressed by that and they have allowed it to come into their lives. And it really is. Man, I had to really look at myself during even this whole study and go, Lord, I know that I'm not perfect and I have faults. I'm human and I have a sinful nature that I fight every day. Just like Paul says, I'm sure just like many of you, you know, that you deal with things in your life. And, and I've had to ask the Lord to help me in those areas where I know that I am weakened. 
And I'm sure like many of you have done that. You're like, okay, well, I know that I have negative thoughts all the time. And I think this about people. I think that about people. You know, the Lord even says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely to think on these things, not the negative thoughts all the time. So those things we have to go, Lord, help us out here. And to not only repent, which means to turn around and look back at the Lord, but to also go, no, I don't do that anymore. And to make a stand and say, I I don't do this anymore. And to ask the Lord for help and to walk away from that. You know, I heard a statement once and I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. And the statement was, discernment is not a gift to judge people. Discernment is a gift to help you. How does it go? To, to, help, <laughs> to help you walk away from sin, to know sin from righteousness out there when something comes at you, to be able to recognize it and go, no, I don't do this anymore, or this is not of the Lord, and to turn and walk away. And I was like, wow, that, you know, like, it seemed like when all of this political crap has gone on, and I've watched it from the beginning, I started doing all these deep dives online, where everybody was like, oh, you got to check this out. And, you know, did Epstein really kill himself? Did this really happen? And you know who really this is? And, you know, all these deep dives that are out there. And it seemed like the world started using this word discernment all the time. And I was like, these people don't even know what they're saying. They're like, oh, we have to have discernment. Who's good and who's bad? And you're like, really, people? You look at the heart of man and it's evil already. Even, even the Christians they don't even have good intentions all the time. And so I was like, wow, I was really just blown away by that that statement in itself about discernment. And I was like, wow, Lord, I need more discernment to know when I should keep quiet and not engage in an argument with maybe my spouse or to not say something back at the cashier who's just like totally wrong, you know, or yell at that person as they cut me off in the parking lot and grab that space up front. We're all dealing with that during the Christmas season, right? <laughs> so I thought that was just an amazing thing. And it really ties into the things that God hates, that we, we do need that discernment to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, right? And, but the Bible, check this out. This is what I was thinking about as I was deep diving and searching scriptures for this specific study. Is that the Bible teaches that, that God loves the people of the world, right? And we know that in John 3.16. But God also spared Nineveh. You remember how wicked Nineveh was and Jonah was supposed to go over there and to tell them that they needed to repent or else God was going to destroy Nineveh. And what happened? Nineveh ended up repenting. And here's the gipper on it. 
See, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Even though he hates the wicked, he takes no pleasure in it. But but because God is sovereign, he's holy, and he hates sin to to the utmost atom of hate. And I mean A-T-O-M, the atom of hate. Only God could know the depth of hate towards sin. You know, God is even, like I was saying earlier, that he is patient to an extreme, not wanting anyone to perish, but that everyone to come to repentance, to to actually wait for years, as t- for, for time and time and time and time has passed by. I mean, think of it, even to the day of creation knowing that this day right here that we are in, where God is allowing such exposure to wickedness within our government, he is patient to an extreme that he waited for this time. He had a plan that he knew that when the enemy would bombard us with everything going on, with the sexual perversion, gender um, confusion, all of this stuff, that when Satan would do this, He already had a plan back in the day when he created Adam and Eve. So there's nothing that catches him off guard. And he's so patient that he will wait until it just seems like the worst of the worst can happen out there in our society. Just so that God gets the glory. That no one would perish. That all would come to the saving grace of him. Knowing that not everybody is going to accept that love, that they will have to pay the consequence for their sin. That's just amazing to me how God is so extremely patient. And it reminds me of the actual, I did an episode where I talked about how we are asking God in a microwave mentality. But God was like a crock pot, a slow cooker. We always want everything right right here, right there, so fast, right? But God takes his time. Everything takes time with the Lord. He's dealing with the hearts of men. And it's up to us if we we change, and it's the prodding of, of, of the Lord on our hearts to change. And even all this, everything that that we're even talking about today, it's all proof of love that God wants what's what's best for all of us. We We are all of his creation. But at the same time, if you check out Psalms 5, 5, this is what it says about God. You hate all evildoers is what it says in the the English translation. And then if you flip over to Psalms chapter 11, verse 5, it even says something harsher. It says this, the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. That's some extreme hate right there. And you're just like, wow. And then we look at sin. 
And you know how, this is what got me as I was doing this deep dive in this study. I was like, okay, I know that God looks at sin as a murder is no less of a sin than stealing a candy bar from the store. They're both sin, theft and murder. To God, it's still sin, and he hates them both equally. Whereas, like, you and I, we go, oh, well, the theft, that's not as big as a crime, but murder, you're taking a life. And we we kind of judge sin like that as one is lesser than the other, one has more of, of a punishment than the other. But God says that he, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. I think the key word in there is those who love violence, because you just have those people that, people that are in the gangs that just love violence, this whole running around of Hamas. He he hates those that love violence, that just laugh and enjoy doing violent things. He hates that with a passion. But one thing I did find out is that, you know, we cannot love with a perfect love. We're just not capable of that. There's always intent there. And you may say, well, you know, not me, Monica. I just love my husband. Your intent, girl, was to marry the man. That was your intent, (laughs) you know. We always have intentions, good or bad. And so we cannot love with a perfect love. There, There is no conditions to that. God loves unconditionally. And then on the flip side, nor can we hate with a perfect hatred. We just can't. When we hate something, we start scheming about that what to do about that. You know, I've got to solve this crime or I've got to stop this. You know, there's always something that, now we may hate carrots and our intent is we don't eat carrots, right? You know, but we cannot hate with a perfect hate. But the awesome thing is that God can both love and hate perfectly because he's God. God can hate without any, any, bad or sinful intent. He can hate the sinner in a perfectly holy way and still lovingly forgive the sinner right at the moment of repentance and faith. And that's what I find amazing is that he hates it so much, but if that person turns and says, forgive me, God will forgive them right at that moment. Even if Joe Biden even asked for forgiveness. God would forgive him. But do we? We would, a lot of us would find it hard to forgive what Joe Biden has done to this country and what he's done behind closed doors. And sure, there's a penalty for sin. But that would be so hard. I mean, I think about that. I was like, what if Hillary Clinton asked for forgiveness? What if Obama asked for forgiveness? the Lord would forgive right then and there. These rock stars that are doing drugs and having all these orgies out there, God would forgive them in a heartbeat if they turned to the Lord. 
you know, I just, I just found out today that I was like getting ready to get on here and record this podcast that, uh, Daddy Yankee, if you don't know in the music industry, Daddy Yankee is a Puerto Rican, um, pop singer. Um, and he actually at his concert, I watched this video today. He actually gave his life to the Lord and he confessed Jesus before man. And he even said that he said, you know, what really got him was this one scripture that he had said, you know, what does a prophet a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? And Daddy Yankee has done it. He's he's had he has the money. He has the the materialistic world, you know, everything that you would want, the cars, the clothes, probably the women, everything. And it really gripped his heart when he said that that scripture got a hold of his attention. He was like, whoa. And so he ended up coming out and saying that he felt empty inside and he gave his heart to the Lord. And he says, I have now confessed Jesus before man. So I know that Father God is going to confess me before the Father. And I was like, whoa, amen, amen. I mean, I was like, I was so excited that he did that. I was like, right on. I mean, we are just seeing, if you get online and you search, you know, there's there's so much better things to look up besides all of the political and crime and the mess that the world is in is, is finding out what is the Lord doing? You know, you're finding earthquakes that are hitting the earth like crazy. You're... Our seasons are, are, it seems like a month off or a month and a half off here in Idaho. I don't know about you guys. You know, it's, people are getting saved left and right. Jim Carrey got saved. Daddy Yankee got saved. Um, What's his name? Ron Schneider, I think his name is. He got saved. And you're just looking up Hollywood star after Hollywood star, whereas God is grabbing Hollywood and flipping them around. And they are getting saved left and right. And it is amazing. You know, it's just, this is going to be, the harvest time is the biggest present that God is going to give to his son, Jesus. That because of what he did, he died on the cross, that this is his gift to Jesus, the harvest, the people. We are his inheritance. And it's amazing to see. Just. God working in everyday lives. I've seen atheists turn to the Lord. I'm waiting for my husband to turn to the Lord too, but that's another story, (laughs) you know, and it's just amazing to see it. And it keeps filling my heart with joy and it gives my faith that extra burst of energy going, I know God is working in the background. Yeah. Let's get back to the real topic. All right. So what God, what God hates. I also found out that God cannot love that which is evil and unholy. And what am I talking about? Satan. Satan embodies all of that. He embodies evil and unholiness. He is the enemy, like God says in 1 Peter 5, 8. He is the evil one, like God says in Matthew 6, 13. 
Like God says in John, he says, the father of lies and a murderer. Thessalonians 3, 5, he says, he is proud, wicked, and violent. Isaiah 14, 12, it says Satan is a deceiver. Acts 13, 10, he's a schemer. Ephesians 6, 11, a thief. Remember the candy bar? Luke 8, 12, and there's so many more. It says that he is evil and all the things that he is. In fact, everything that God hates, Satan is. Why is that? Because the heart of Satan is fixed and confirmed in this hatred of God. His judgment is final and his destruction is sure. He will be locked up forever and ever. Why do you think he's out there running amok, doing everything and anything he can? He is out seeking, killing, and destroying our world. But take heart. God has the victory. Right? You know, one thing I learned too is that the Apostle Paul, he had said that he uh, was, was a man who knew what sin meant. And he had spent like time persecuting God who who offered him redemption when when he was out there killing all those that confessed Jesus as Lord. And just like Adam and Eve, it could have made him afraid too. The fear and the guilt could have even destroyed him. And in the same way, even King David understood the curse of sin. And I love how Paul and David kind of They kind of talked about it, the way they described it. Paul says this, and this is going to kind of tie in with my other topic on this whole study of sin, is that Romans 12, 9 says, abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. So basically, It means to love what God loves and hate what he hates. All right. So let's take a commercial break and we will read what King David says about the curse of sin. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining our show today. I just wanted to take a moment and say that I have a special announcement to make. I'm proud to say that our show is now sponsored by Patriot Mobile. Yes, it is. It is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Patriot Mobile is a company that shares our values and supports the causes that we care about, such as honoring our veterans, which you know is near and dear to my heart, helping first responders, and defending our constitutional rights. If you need to learn more about Patriot Mobile and their amazing offers, you can visit my website that is with them. It is patriotmobile.com forward slash graceful. Or you can call them. And don't forget to mention this show, Graceful. When you sign up, you'll get a special discount. They'll remove the activation fee from the bill right off the bat. So check us out and remember to put in the code graceful. 
Now, let's get it back to today's topic. Understand about the curse of sin. Well, if you got your Bibles and you look up Psalms, I believe it is Psalms 51, and you check out verse 3. I am flipping. I'm actually using my Bible app today because I have actually left my Bible at home. And so I'm using my phone app. And it says in verse 3 now, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Verse 5. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And you're just like, so there, right there, King David understood the curse of sin. And and Paul comes in and said that he he knew what what sin meant. You know, it's like that verse that says, you know, those things that I want to do, and I'm paraphrasing it, those things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. So they understood. Both of them gave like awesome examples of what sin meant in each of our lives and how we should look at it. And so many people out there, they're like, well, I hear believers say, you know, I pray that I love what God loves and I, and I hate what God hates. I had to think about that for a while. And I was like, at first to me, I was like, well, to love what God loves, God loves people. And I was like, that's hard for even me because for me, I've never really been like a, for the longest time, I should say, I've never really been a people person. I was usually quiet, kept to myself. You know, I opened up to those I felt safe around. And I was like, if I'm to love what God loves, that's people. How do I do that? And then, hate what he hates, well, I knew automatically that was, that was sin. And I was like, Lord, how do I do that? I sin almost all the time. We sin unknowingly, or there's things that we do that just, that, that break God's heart or disappoint him when we do things that maybe we don't know that we, we shouldn't be doing that or that we have a habit of doing that. We just say, oh, it's just a little white lie. Yeah, and I had to really find out, Lord, how do I do this? How do I love what you love, hate what you hate? And in the end, I had to find out that if God hates people who who lie privately and publicly, they band together to make wicked plans. See if you understand what I'm saying here. If a scripture comes to mind while I say it this way, or if they run to execute these wicked plans for the purpose of like death or division or just for their own pleasure, that that's what I'm supposed to hate. See, 
it's the the scripture about all the things that God hate, hates in Proverbs. Those three verses, 16 to 19, about those things that God hates. That's what he's talking about. Our culture is, is crazy. It's all about do whatever feels good. Follow your heart. It's all about tolerance. So they don't necessarily have like a category for discernment between good and evil anymore. They, what is good is is evil in their eyes and what's evil is good in their eyes. And like God told us earlier in, or Paul told us earlier in, in the chapter, if you were to look up the entire chapter of Romans chapter 12, and it talks, it, it's a chapter on living sacrifices. And that's the one where God, where Paul talks about abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. But if you read the whole chapter, Paul talks about, we need not be conformed to this world. Don't be, don't follow in to the patterns of this world. Don't follow what the world is doing right now. We're supposed to be the opposite. But Paul goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We need a daily renewal of our mind with, with the Lord every day. Sometimes throughout the day when we're going through tough times. Thankfully, God takes the guesswork out of what he hates. So we don't have to sit there and go, wait, what? God hates? Wait a minute. What does he hate? I thought he loved people. I thought God was love. Well, no, God hates. He hates. And in so much of the fact of that, he gives us a list in Proverbs 6. And even check this out. Let's read Proverbs 6 over again. It starts in verse 16. And it says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. And it says, haughty eyes a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. So now as I close with this, I would say this. If God hates people who lie privately and publicly, as we just read in this verse, they band together to make wicked plans and run to execute them for the purpose of death, division, their own pleasure. Then we must hate those things. And also the opposite has to be true. God loves people who tell the truth privately, publicly. We unify to make plans for love and life and run to obey what God says. We don't bear false witness. We don't constantly just breathe out lies just so habitual that we stop and go, nope, that's not true. And we speak truth. We speak love. We speak kindness. We are always trying to bring unity not discord and division. We see that so much in the church. You know, we have cliques over here and cliques over there. 
No, we are to be one body, united in Christ. We have to be the team Jesus. God hates team Satan, if you want to look at it that way. We should all be in one accord, worshiping the Lord together, loving one another, no matter the differences. God loves that person that you seem to have an issue with or want to sit and gossip about or rumor about. Or maybe that person doesn't like you, that you're the one being rumored about or talked about. I'm here to tell you, God loves you and God loves that person that is talking about you and he will deal with them. Try that. Try going. Try this. Go to the Lord about that person who is talking about you and ask the Lord to deal with them in God's way and then see what happens. It's called praying for your enemies. <laughs> it's hard to do sometimes, but God will give us the strength to do it because he He gives us the strength. He is our strong tower. Well, I hope this shed a little bit of light on the fact of what God hates. It did for me. I really like, I just sit and think about this and was like, wow, Lord. Okay. We know about the seven things that you absolutely hate, but am I supposed to hate these things too? And what are these things or people? So. What does that go as far as, where does that go as far as the statement that we are supposed to love the sinner, but hate the sin? Hmm, there's a question. Well, we line it up with scripture. We look at that person. I would say this. We look at that person and go, do they love violence? Do they love the wickedness? Or are they just a lost soul? that needs to know Jesus. Every single one of them, yes, are a lost soul that needs to know Jesus. But there are some who love what they do at a pleasure. And so those are the ones God's hate. And that's where we have to make our stand and say, I stand with the Lord. I hate this. But make sure our heart is not on wicked intents or intent, wicked intent, because that doesn't make us any better than them. All right. Well, that's all I got for this week. I hope you guys have a blessed week. I hope you are enjoying Hey Coffee Break with God. We have special guests coming on every Friday. If you are on the Graceful Warrior podcast for the first time, hey, join us every Friday. We are doing an episode called coffee break with God. And it's where I interview guests and share their testimony every week through the winter months. Because, hey, we are all indoors for the winter. We're bundling up. We're on our way to work. We can't go out, hit the lakes, camping, vacations. We can't do any of that right now. It's crummy weather. So I said, let's bring the stories of everyday people and how God's redemptive hand has worked in each of these lives. And so I hope that they are a blessing to you and they have been a blessing to me because I have in some aspect gone, how do I know that this is the Lord? 
And when I hear these stories and they've asked the same question, how God has intervened in their lives and done the work in their lives, I'm like, oh my gosh, he did that in my life. So I know what it means when it says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because what he did in their lives, he's done also in mine. So on that note, have a great rest of your week. I hope you enjoy the special guest this coming Friday. And I believe it is uh, Dr. Liddell. I think her story is out. It's a great story. And um, with that, I'll talk to you next week. And remember, no weapon forged against you shall prosper. Have a great day. Well, as our time together comes to a close, remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey of constant growth and transformation, as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate and share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. And until next time, keep your hearts open and your spirits abound. Hey everyone, I just want to take a quick minute. I hope that you're enjoying this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and listening to my podcast. Wherever you listen to your favorite, I'm honored to be able to share that time with you. But hey, I wanted to let you know, I have my own webpage on Captivate. And I'm going to leave the link in the description below. But if you were to join me on my page you have some perks that are coming to you what kind of perks you say well if you would subscribe for eight bucks a month i will give you bonus content my extra show that i have and then on top of that you'll get 24 hour early access to all the shows that the public already gets and then i'll even throw in an extra perk if you have your own business you could send me the name of your business and I'll shout it out on this podcast at the cost of eight bucks. It's a deal in itself. I understand that if you don't want to subscribe just yet, hey, just buy me my favorite drink. I have two of them, actually. One is a cold coffee first thing in the morning. I love a caramel macchiato. And my other favorite summertime drink is a lotus banana blueberry chai. Oh, that's my favorite drink. Just hit the tip button and go ahead and leave me a tip and just buy me a drink. All right. With all of that, I just want to say thank you. And let's get back to the show.